One. Two. Trace. <laughs> I have to play the music. Yeah, you have to do the rest of it. Look at that. Hey, this is Drew here with my little sister, Ashley. Hey. <laughs> Derek is on the lamb, apparently, hey. this week. Oh, just nice. Kidding. Good. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> you're listening to New Release, a movie podcast with a time traveling twist. Episode 130, what, Ashley? Seven. My favorite nice. number. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> when the heck are we this week? Well, it's election day, November 1992. Also, for those of you in 2022, we hope everyone on every timeline is going out there to rock the vote. Did Ooh, you vote? I did. I did too. Good job, do, us. <laughs> I mean, obviously we're in 1992, but do y'all do um, mail-in? Um, I dropped mine off. Okay. We I would have mailed it in, but I don't have any stamps. So I was like, all right. So then I dropped it off. Wow, it doesn't come self no. Stamps or <laughs> well, as many people that don't vote, you know how much money that would be if they like oh, provided stamps for everyone. Uh, well, I mean that's how ours is in Oregon. Oh, yeah. oh well, we didn't get stamps, so I dropped us off. <laughs> I mean, but we are exclusively mail-in voting. I don't know if that's the case for Colorado. Oh, or not? That's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, okay, maybe well... there's a. I don't. A, that's the only way that I've ever known to vote here. I, maybe there's a way to go in somewhere, but. Yeah, it's all all the ballots are sent out, so they provide the necessary postage anyway. Oh, interesting! So good job, us! High five! Yep. Whoop! Um, well, we weren't quite old enough to vote our first time through 1992, but we did this time. Um, is that okay? Did we change history? <laughs> uh, was that? Oh no! <laughs> Let's find out what happened. Yeah, who won? Oof! I say to all those who voted for Mr. Bush or Mr. Perot. Those who Suck voted it. for the no. president, yeah. <laughs> those who voted for Ross Perot, I know you love your country too. I ask you to listen to the voice of your leaders. I ask you to join with us in creating a reunited states, a united country with a new sense of patriotism to face the challenges of this new time. We need your help too, and we will do our best to deserve it. Ooh. Yeah, I like a, I like the reunited states. That's cool. That's uh, clever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the funny how the message never really changes. Everyone is like trying to unify all parties and saying, you know, how we're going to meet in the middle, and then <laughs> yeah, and then no one does. <laughs> yep. So, congratulations to Bill Clinton. We'll see how that Ooh. goes for yep. for us. Um, what uh, what's happening in the movie verse this week, Ashley? What's showing? Well, there's this um, really interesting poster with an airplane overhead and a beautiful Wesley Snipes on the cover. And it <laughs> says, he's an ex-cop with a bad mouth, a bad attitude, and a bad seat. For the terrorist on flight 163, seat. he's very bad news. So like I an aisle seat? What's the yeah. a middle seat? No, it's definitely a middle seat. That's yeah. the worst seat. <laughs> um, I don't really want to see this movie, but if you want to, we can I I thought we maybe saw this growing up, Passenger Fifty Seven. Is that what it's called? Yeah, it sounds really familiar, but I don't remember watching it. Okay, well let's pass on that. Okay, perfect. So anything else? There's a really uh, low budget looking poster, um, <laughs> with little blood splatter on it, all in black and white. These four guys in suits, 
And it says, Every Dog Has His Day, Reservoir Dogs, a film by Quentin Tarantino. Oh, yeah. I've heard of that that one. Yeah, it looks pretty uh, dark. I would like to see it. <laughs> Let's go. All right. Here are your names. It's the White. If you get a customer, an employee who thinks he's Charles Bronson, take the butt of your gun and smash their nose. It's the blind. If they hadn't done what I told them not to do, they'd still be alive. How many times Mr. are we going to mix up the names? A lot. <laughs> Mr. Pink. Why am I Mr. Pink? Who cares what your name is? Yeah, that's easy for you to say. You're Mr. White. You're Mr. You have White. a cool-sounding name. Oh, man. So many colors. Yeah, I have the cast list pulled up. Let me get that back for my yeah, I need that um, as well. reference here. <laughs> so, wow. We are finally talking about our first Tarantino movie yes! for the podcast. It took a this long time. Is, it did. And this is his uh, debut uh, directorial and screenwriting um film so he wrote true romance mm-hmm. and sold it to tony scott uh tony scott wanted to direct this movie but tarantino said that he was going to do it himself so he let him well he didn't he needed he money <laughs> yeah. so he, he he sold uh true romance that got made a uh, great movie and then he had enough money to start to p- pull this together but yeah. it wasn't until Harvey Keitel got involved where the budget ballooned to 1.5 million. They were going to make it in black and white for basically like Blair Witch. Yeah, it was <laughs> like 30,000, I think. Yeah. Is it 30 or 300, something like really minuscule? Yeah. It goes to show that, I mean, most of the budget went to the actors, or I mean, I don't know what changed. I guess color film over yeah. black and white film <laughs> is more expensive. And Anyway, I mean, one of the most interesting things about this uh, bank robbery heist crime movie is they never show the robbery. And it's often listed in a lot of lists or it's yeah, often listed in a lot of lists for whatever <laughs> um, for bank, bank, like bank heist movies like top yeah. 10, top 20. And there's no heist to be found, which is awesome. Yeah, that's what makes this movie so great. Yeah. So it's told through the perspectives of different uh, characters that are involved. They use the aliases that we just heard in the, the trailer. Um, Mr. Blonde, Mr. Pink, Mr. Brown. Orange. <laughs> Orange. Blue. Yeah. White. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's fun. You get like, I, the way I was remembering this movie was that we were going to see the same events play out through each perspective, but like through a different lens. Mm-hmm. But it's not, it's not really like that. We more see their backstories leading up to yeah. the events, which is cool. And we get to know more about the characters that we're seeing um, basically doomed. I mean, was there any point yeah. in this movie where you thought there was going to be a happy ending for anyone? No, involved? definitely yeah. not. I also <laughs> misremembered who was the cop. So when I rewatched, I was like, oh. <laughs> oh, you didn't know who the, the rat was? I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was um, Mr. Pink. I mean, that's he seems like the most weaselly. Uh, yeah. That's Steve Buscemi's character, right? Mm-hmm. And he's putting yeah. the blame on everyone else, so it leads you to believe that it's him. Um, yeah. But... Should we do um, choose your character? I mean, it's it's going to be slim pickings. Yes. And I already know the... who my favorite is. <laughs> Excellent. I can't wait. This will be a good way for us to do a quick uh, summary of the key players. So, who's okay. who's your choice going to be? Mr. Blonde. 
the psychopath. Yeah, he's the best. Yeah. <laughs> so that's Michael Madsen's character. He mm-hmm. is fresh out of jail, I think, yep. and on parole and, you know, looking for some honest work. So he goes to his um, <laughs> family friends. I mean, they're I guess they're like uh, Sean Penn's brother. What's his name? Chris Penn. Yeah. Plays the guy that's not part of the heist. Um, and then there's Joe, who's like this crime boss. Uh, so Joe and uh, cool Eddie. Yeah. A nice guy, Eddie. Nice guy, Eddie. Yeah. They're like their family, but they sort of treat um, Mr. Blonde's character like a brother. Well, and Mr. Blonde was convicted of a heist before and he went to jail for four years and didn't rat on anyone. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So I'll give you that. You do have your honor. Your thief's moral code is intact. You did kill a lot of innocent people for no apparent reason and then torture a guy not not hoping to get information just for the pure pleasure of it. Yeah. Just cut off his ear. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The most infamous scene of the movie is the the ear torture. Did that uh, live up to your expectations and memory? Yeah, I remember yeah. that for sure. And I was like, Oof. and and I couldn't remember, I guess when I first watched it, I thought that you saw him actually physically cutting it off. Mm-hmm. And so I was expecting it to be like way worse. Although it's terrible, it wasn't as bad as I remembered it being. Right. It's a classic uh, Texas chainsaw scenario mm-hmm. where on the meat hook scene, yeah. they don't show the meat hook going in. Everyone remembers like how gory that movie is. It's actually very uh, lacking blood. Mm-hmm. And they don't show most of what like people people remember being the the goriest parts. And this, it's funny because they do the camera does pan away right when he's he's like blocking the ear yep. area with his body, and then the camera like seems like it's gonna pan towards it, but it pans away, and we still get to see a lot of the exposed. Yeah, he's holding the ear, <laughs> the ear in his hole. hand, like playing yeah. with it, saying like, "Hey, can you hear me now?" <laughs> I, I it was actually there's there's so much blood in this movie. Mr. Uh, Blonde, uh, who turns out to be the rat, is uh, no bleeding. Mr. Orange. Mr. Orange, sorry, Jesus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's one he, mistake. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's bleeding in the warehouse where they rendezvous the whole time. Supposedly, I don't know if you read this too. They had a paramedic on set. Yep. <laughs> that did not seem like the right amount of blood, but that's that was the job of a real paramedic to make it realistic well and it kept drying up so he would get like stuck to the floor <laughs> yeah they had to peel him up oh <laughs> from gosh. it um we're getting ahead of ourselves i want to i mean tarantino is so known for his writing and dialogue and mm-hmm. the action in this movie interesting this is more of a character drama than it, than it is an action movie yep. <clears throat> because of the the budgetary restraints but what did you think of the opening scene is it cringy or is it entertaining both the diner can it be comedy? both yeah it can be yeah <laughs> it is cringy but i mean tarantino is known for his like really aggressive vulgar mm-hmm. writing so i wasn't i mean I, I was fine with it and i read a thing about madonna um commenting on this movie because she used to date cool chris penn who's in it she used to date she was married to sean penn for yep. years so then she like sent in a thing saying like it wasn't about dicks it was about love or something <laughs> <laughs> with a copy of her like erotica or whatever it was uh, yeah, Tarantino has this long uh, soliloquy about 
what like a like a virgin wasn't mm-hmm. having sex for the first time it was having sex so painfully that it felt like the first time yeah. was yeah. the thesis of that monologue mm-hmm. and then you get steve buscemi's um anti-tipping uh yeah. rant which makes no sense i i also read some and didn't really need no one needed to dispute it but in um most states <laughs> uh service industry people don't make a minimum wage so mm-hmm. tipping is a requirement for them to get uh up yeah. to their livable salary so his argument doesn't really hold up and then you get a lot of i mean these are horrible uh unlikable characters aside mm-hmm. from yours uh, just kidding <laughs> <laughs> mine's the, the most likable <laughs> yeah they're racist they're homophobic there's uh a lot of uses of the the n-word in the movie the F and word, all, but for F word. Yeah, yeah all of tarantino stuff i mean it's interesting that uh, at this point like the way that we receive um entertainment and, and culture it is distracting to the mm-hmm. movie i would say overall uh yeah. it's not like it doesn't distract to the point where the the movie is less watchable overall it's just like in the moments where the characters talk like that not uh, not the vulgarness and when they're specifically using racial slurs uh, mm-hmm. or homophobic slurs it's distracting yeah. yeah it brings you out of it for sure and yeah. i feel like and we when we watched this what probably 20 years ago it wasn't i mean you're just like oh okay like yeah and you yeah. have to wonder i mean like if we were representing the worst of the worst types in mm-hmm. modern day <laughs> how <laughs> aware would they be of their speech yeah. or not i mean is it even is it realistic uh does it matter who is writing the dialogue it definitely matters when you cast yourself in the movie yeah. and you're giving i mean he gives most of the madonna speech he doesn't use uh slurs i don't think uh, that would be that super remember. cringy everything quentin does on screen is cringy yeah i agree he's very uncomfortable <laughs> <laughs> yeah his acting isn't uh isn't the best he was going to play a larger part before they got more budget so it's Before they fortunate. got Steve Buscemi, who's way who's such a good actor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he's like Buscemi is so weird and uh, has like a likable energy or a watchable charisma mm-hmm. that Tarantino just doesn't have. Yeah. Do you have? Oh, do you have a favorite character? You didn't even yeah. pick yours. So, I mean, the only good guy in the movie is Mister Orange, right? Yeah. I mean, he's yep. a objectively he is willing i guess to go to some pretty dark places to stay undercover Mm -hmm. but he's actually like doing all of this for the right reasons he does kill some he kills some people in one of the flashbacks right he did he shoots the woman that shoots him like an instant reaction the one that shoots him in the gut when they're taking the car right yeah but then you can but you can see it in his face that he's just like oh no like i didn't you know i'm not gonna pick him um (laughs) <laughs> because that's a cop out, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Mr. White is actually the Ooh, moral yeah. center of the movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Harvey Keitel, he is taking Mr. Orange under his wing. Like Mr. Orange is the new person to their their group, and he displays like, even though he's a criminal and mm-hmm. willing to do what it takes to <laughs> to rob uh jewels or you know kill cops if necessary he is very critical of your character's behavior yeah and he's very 
um, sympathetic and uh, distraught by what happens to Mr. Orange. He blames himself. He wants, he doesn't go so far as to like take him to a hospital and no. <laughs> potentially <laughs> incriminate himself, but mm-hmm. he clearly feels bad and it leads to the end of the movie where Mr. Uh, Blonde or Mr. Orange, Mr. Orange <laughs> confesses that he was a cop and yeah. we don't actually see exactly what happens at the end of the movie, right? No, we don't, but you can infer that um, Harvey Keitel shoots him. Yeah. The, the other characters, so Michael Madsen is doing, you know, dancing, torturing, just having a grand old time before once he dumps like a whole gallon of gasoline on um, the cop and he's about to light it that's when mr uh orange uh wakes or snaps out of his uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. gunshot and shoots him uh kills him right yeah yeah yep he unloads all of his rounds in him so yeah so he kills him and then nice guy eddie and mr pink and who else have like the three person standoff and Mr. White? No. It's Mr. White, nice guy, the Eddie. Standoff. And Mr. But Mr. Pink's not even in it. He's trying to break it up and they go to shoot each other. I don't remember now. Oh, and it's Joe. Joe. Oh, that's right. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. So you have nice guy, Eddie, his dad, Joe, Mr. White. And is there another person? Is there four people? There's three. Um, oh, and he's protecting Mr. Orange. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, people start dropping pretty quickly <laughs> at this yeah. point. And the, we know kind of from Mr. Orange's character that the cops are going to, does he, he tells, he has a conversation with the other cop who's mm-hmm. tied up while um, maybe when Mr. Uh, Blonde goes to get the gas or something. It's when they kill Mr. Blonde. Oh, after he's dead. After he's dead. Yeah. He's like, I'm a cop. This is what's going to happen. As soon as Joe shows up, the cop, the other cops are going to come. But I have to wait and be patient. Although he's like dying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, just hang in there. Um, but the cop, the cop lives, right? Uh, no, no, he oh. doesn't. <laughs> Oops. That's right. He gets, oh, yeah. Eddie just like, he's like, oh, this is who you're torturing. This is who you're fucking around with. And then he just shoots him. He just shoots them, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> After so that's that's kind of that's the sick that's an example of the sick sense of humor in this movie. I think that's supposed to be funny. Like we've he went through so much of mm-hmm. his ear getting cut off, getting covered in gasoline, only to be saved by Mr. Orange, only to be shot, be shot. <laughs> like yeah. in a cavalier way by uh, <laughs> nice guy Eddie. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't let the name fool you. Yeah. I do have one clip, which is where uh, this is like a side character who is Mr. Orange's boss. Maybe he's like kind of a a police detective uh, who he's reporting to. Oh, the diner. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's the details of selling your story. And this particular story takes place in a men's room. So you got to know all the details about the men's room. You got to know if they got paper towels or a blower to dry your hands. You got to know if the stalls ain't got no doors or not, man. You got to know if they got liquid soap or that pink granulated powdered shit they used to use in high school, remember? You got to know if they got hot water or not, if it stinks. If some nasty, low-life, scum-ridden motherfucker, man, sprayed diarrhea all over one of the bowls. 
<laughs> I'll stop it there. Yeah. Well, that's what, that was one of my favorite parts is when yeah. uh, Mr. Orange is like rehearsing over and over again to get every single detail right. Like that was probably one of my favorites of the whole movie. Yeah, that's why he's almost... telling the story and you're like, oh, man, it's like coming to life. That's why I almost picked him. That's like there's a moment similarly in Mulholland Drive where Naomi Watts is auditioning and it's really fun to see uh, really smart writers and directors comment. They're basically commenting on what they do. So he's uh, in that monologue. The guy goes on to be like basically giving his explanation of how you're a good actor. And so mm-hmm. you can infer like Tarantino kind of projecting himself into this black dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, that's that's unfair a little bit, but like it, he is directing Tim Roth's character on mm-hmm. how to be a convincing uh, actor because that's what's required to go undercover in this world. And then you see his first meeting with Joe and, and nice guy Eddie, and he's got him wrapped around his finger because oh, yeah. he's rehearsed the story so well. And I mean, uh, it's we it's it's dramatic tension because we as an audience know it's bullshit. Yeah. So it rings a little hollow, but that's not fair because we know. (laughs) Right. And and they're like asking him questions while he's telling a story. and He's like not missing a beat on any of the details. Yeah. He's like, oh, why? Why'd you why'd you go get a car? Why'd you go to the why'd you go here? Yeah. Yeah. So it's very. um, Yeah. Really good storyteller. Yeah. Um. But I mean, this movie, to that point, like, it was inspiring to watch uh, when we, whenever we first saw it, in the sense of like how much you can do with mm-hmm. not that much action. The writing and the characters uh, can just be entertaining, but also there's enough like stylized moments. The story is told in an interesting fashion Tarantino said something about like not necessarily planning for it to be non-linear but I'm not sure that makes any sense I don't know what the script actually looks like but yeah I don't either because I mean they he he said that he wanted to show the bank robbery that was a budgetary uh, constraint or then Mm -hmm. maybe he also and then he contradicted himself in later interviews and said he never wanted to show it but yeah <laughs> yeah i did watch youtube walkthrough videos of the reservoir dogs video game and it starts oh. with the bank robbery <laughs> oh really yeah so you do get to see how things unfold in the video mm-hmm. game version Weird. But is, is there any argument for this being a better movie if they show it or no, at least show I think snippets it'd be a- I think it'd be a worse movie. Yeah. I like them putting the pieces together by like de- through dialogue instead of actual like showing it, actually showing right. it. So. Yeah. I mean, so they were heisting diamonds from a jewelry store, right? Mm-hmm. That was the, that was the plan. And what, what do you think happens? Just Mr. Blonde, Mr. something Blonde goes wrong. Goes crazy. And, yeah. And starts shooting, starts... shooting civilians. <laughs> and then yeah. they're all caught. And then some of them get shot. And then that's what happens. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, he does and say he, Mr. Blonde does say something like you weren't supposed to pull this trick or I don't remember like they didn't listen to him and so that's what was his only option was to like shoot other people or something. Well, his justification was that they the the people sounded the alarm and he's like I don't like when people sound oh, alarms. Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> so I shot him. All they had oh to do gosh. was not not hit well, the alarm. 
And the crazy thing is, I did I, maybe you read this, but Michael Madsen himself like really has a strong aversion to violence, like hates yeah. violence. So it was really hard for him to shoot those scenes. <laughs> and he had just become a new father, and like the cop was ad libbing and said something about having a son at home, and so he almost like abandoned the scene because he couldn't handle yeah. it. <laughs> so well, I mean, it's really good that he um, partnered up with Tarantino. You know, right? Yeah, yeah. No <laughs> violence ever in those movies. So. Oh man. Yeah. And and supposedly I didn't go back and uh pay for another ticket to the theater, but you can hear like Tarantino off screen yelling, like, it's okay. Oh no, no. <laughs> you, you got this. <laughs> no, yeah. Don't yeah. Don't abandon um, it. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. It's and then there there's a there's a few things that are fun, uh, little Easter eggs like that. It's supposedly in the Mexican uh standoff shootout moment. Mm-hmm. It doesn't actually make any sense that Eddie or one of them would be shot because the person gets shot and doesn't have time to like pull his gun up and shoot yeah. the final person. But they all fall at the same time, even <laughs> though, yeah, that's not the that sequence how it would of, work. <laughs> yeah. And they just and Tarantino was like thought it looked cool. So he kept it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it does look really cool. Yeah. I mean, uh, that moment that that's an, again, we talked about like nice guy Eddie coming in and just shooting the the hot, the poor hostage. Uh, the when three of the characters just die after we've been like Tim Roth is bleeding for yeah. an hour the entire movie <laughs> yeah an hour and a half and doesn't die um uh, until maybe the end but all of a sudden like three characters just just drop in an instant it's it's like it's very shocking yeah yeah oh man yeah I really I really like this movie I don't know if we're saying how much you liked it or not now but <laughs> yes I really enjoyed it. <laughs> Me too. I mean, we're going to talk about Tarantino's uh, career overall, but this is a really strong <laughs> start mm-hmm. to it and shows uh, I don't I, I just I don't know if there was Tarantino or um, Linklater with the before Sunset movies. I'm sure it was Tarantino first that made me start paying attention to dialogue and mm-hmm. movies. I, I like you know, I mean, now it seems super obvious and that's all anyone talks about. But when you're in your teens and you don't read anything about movies, you're like, yeah, it takes a really extreme uh, version of something or like a really noticeable <laughs> difference in movies, like the way the characters are talking for you to pick up on it before you're like trained to. Yeah. And as a teenager, you typically just want action. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah. So you're like, you're... oh wait, they're talking for a really long time. So it has to be like well intentioned and um good. Yeah, I mean the movie movies. opens with that diner scene. It's a ten minute scene mm-hmm. of just them talking, and the camera is doing some kind of interesting things. It like pans around uh, the circle. I feel like it doesn't show Tarantino until the end. Yeah, it's introducing like relative either like super. Well, I guess they're super famous now or they're like uh, acting legends or they're just personal heroes of Tarantino's. Um, the dude who plays Joe was mm-hmm. in a bunch of like uh, mob and crime movies. He was a little past his prime at this point, drunk on set, got fired. Kept, kept finishing, <laughs> forgetting the lines constantly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, did you read about like when he got fired briefly and after three days? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we go well, but he goes to his hotel and shoots a gun, uh, a gun off into the wall, oh. and almost. I mean, it doesn't. They don't have. I didn't see any info about like if anyone was in in danger, but he gets uh, taken to jail, 
and bailed out in time to be rehired. Supposedly, Tarantino huh. and the producers didn't know about that incident. His agent just bailed him out like uh, covertly. So, well, I feel like they wouldn't have the money to bail him out, probably. So, but I mean, I don't know whether that would have deterred them from oh, rehiring him or not. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It is a shooter movie. I don't know. <laughs> and and then you have Mister Blue, uh, who had a pretty uh, long-lived acting career playing criminals, which was the follow-up to him being an actual bank robber and criminal, convicted criminal. Wait, really? Yeah. Yeah, so he oh. went to jail for bank robbery, and then he started writing and acting after after that, and almost exclusively played roles where he was himself. a version of himself. <laughs> yeah, um, but well, he doesn't. I'll... He's he's a very small character in the movie, uh, mm-hmm. much like Tarantino's character. And then Bashemi, of course, and um, Sean uh, uh, Sean Penn's brother, Chris, <laughs> Chris Penn. Penn. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's what I'm looking for. But they just pan around the table and reveal mm-hmm. all these like really impressive actors that that whole opening is a daring way. Obviously, the the traditional way to do a movie like this would be start with the bank robbery. And then if you want to do something creative, like right. uh, flashback from there. But by skipping that all together, we get the scene of them. The other most famous scene is the slow motion walking mm-hmm. uh, to uh, what's the name of the song? I don't know. You Little Green Bag? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's a drag. Da, da, da. Yeah. So that's them on the way to the heist. So we see mm-hmm. this like cool. Uh, we see them in the diner, basically, like, you know, fueling up. <laughs> and then we see them walking and then we cut to the warehouse uh in the aftermath and slowly piece everything together mm-hmm. it's very it's it's really creative the the structure and the writing and the performances are incredible mm-hmm. um and then we'll find out later that tarantino can also you know shoot action and shoot more dynamic uh footage as well yep. but probably most known for uh his writing and getting incredible performances out of like mid-tier actors who maybe were forgotten or you know overlooked for a time like getting the most out of the actors that he has at his disposal they're not always the most famous they are kind of the most famous people in the world now yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, nine movies later but at uh, at the start they weren't always the most famous people um mm-hmm. notoriously john travolta yeah had kind of you know uh, lost his his way career wise before Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I loved it as well. Anything else to say? Do you have a poem for us this week? I do have a poem. Ooh, well, let's do it. Okay. <clears throat> all right. Uh, let's mix up all the colors for a dirty heist cocktail. You have Mr. <laughs> Brown, White, Orange, Pink, and Blonde, who's a bit off the rail. A dash of diamonds and a gallon or two of red. Now let's focus on what initially went right instead. They got the jewels, and honestly, that's about it. (laughs) Then everything else turned to shit. The colors were shot and mixed into a mess with a cop hiding among them, he must confess. Now, who could be this extra ingredient that should have been left at the bar? Who didn't belong in that getaway car? The crazy Mr. Blonde who caught off a cop's ear and tried to light him on fire? (laughs) Or how about Mr. Pink who tries to point his finger at everyone when he's the actual liar? Mm. Or perhaps Mr. White who was the old school heist vet. Could this be his last regret? 
And then there's Mr. Orange who took a shot to the gut and now is bleeding out in pain, hoping to get out of this rut. In the end, Mr. Orange didn't quite belong and was found out to be mm. the cop because nothing rhymes with orange. The color is a flop. So, <laughs> nice. so all the colors die throughout this Tarantino flick. And in the end, no one is left standing. Not even nice guy, Eddie, the prick. Damn. Well, you know, <laughs> rhymes with flop. Uh, cop. I don't, yeah, that's why I rhymed it with. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I was like, is this a trick? <laughs> I, I, that was awesome. Um, Thank you. Quite the lyrical cocktail that you concocted. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it. You tipped your your hand there, like you said earlier. It seemed like Mr. Pink was going to mm-hmm. be the Fink, but yeah. It, what did uh... you think? I'm just kidding. Okay. Okay. <laughs> let's uh let's throw out the rest of this, like the kitchen sink, and move on to another rhyming segment. Rank the blank. Perfect. (laughs) We do have a sponsor this week. Thank you, Derek, and your absence for hooking us up with this. They parents ain't got no job. Voting don't make no difference. Wake up! If you think voting doesn't make a difference, then you're dreaming. Register and vote. Rock the vote! Do you like in a space invader? That was a very <laughs> aggressive Coolio rock yeah. and commercial. <laughs> He's having a nightmare about, you know, not that we've voting. all had. Like, yeah, we wake up too late and can't make it to the polls. In, oh, in time no. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we didn't have that problem. We got it done early. So yep. hopefully everyone else will um, get registered and, <laughs> but, and not oversleep. <laughs> rank the blank is where we pick a topic inspired by the week's movie and rank our personal favorites this week of course in honor of our first tarantino movie we are going to each pick three tarantino movies our top three and then do something from there okay <laughs> rank them uh see how much overlap there is see if you know we're in perfect agreement we're also going to try to guess um do we need to go through? Do we need to list them off, or should we just mention the ones that don't get mentioned as we go? Um, we can mention the ones that don't get mentioned. There's so okay. many. Well, like there's only. Me. I mean, it depends how you count some of them. Mm-hmm. You know, two Kill Bills. Yeah. The uh, uh, Grindhouse movie is uh, Death Proof is one movie. He's he's officially made nine movies and he says that he's going to stop at 10 um we'll he see says yeah so that would be one more <laughs> one more movie um but anyway let's just uh let's take turns or you want to guess uh each other's first i want to guess okay so should i guess all three of yours um or just one maybe i'll just guess one and see if i'm right yeah why don't we just guess until you get one wrong okay I need to so, I need to make sure I'm I'm not cheating because I was thinking about okay, yeah, I know what I'm doing. I've gotten the right order. Okay. Okay. Um so I'm gonna guess for you Kill Bill. Yep. That's <laughs> <laughs> spoiler, that's number one for sure. Yeah. The problem is um, I didn't I, I'm counting that as one. Yep, that's fine. Okay. And then I'm gonna oh, and then you guess one for me. <sighs> I'm gonna I, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say Inglorious Bastards. 
Yes. Nice. I actually just like maybe 30 seconds ago changed it because it was not. It was like my fourth one teetering. And then I switched it the last minute. So nice. Yep. We talked about this beforehand. Sorry for my ASMR. Chewing on some soggy (laughs) O's. You like that? (laughs) Which movies have you not seen of his? Okay. So I haven't seen um, The Hateful Eight. Oh, okay. I haven't finished Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay. And she's funny that way. I don't, I don't think that I don't counts. Know what that is. Okay. <laughs> I haven't seen, well, I don't really remember Django. Oh, wow. And that's it. Okay. Um, what is she's funny that way? That's definitely. I don't know. It came up on like, <laughs> well, it came up on a popular movies written by Quentin Tarantino. Huh. It's a. German film or made by a German director and originally released in Germany. Oh, uh, yeah, but with know. some very famous actors. Uh, Little Wilson brother. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, anyway. Yeah. Um. So, so those ones I, I haven't seen. Okay. So Hateful Eight is uh the one I've probably the only one. No, I've only seen Hateful Eight and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood once each. I saw them both at the Hollywood theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hateful Eight was really cool. They we're doing like a traveling uh, 70 millimeter road show and it had an intermission and just like the sound was cranked up. I think the night before I went, Tarantino was there to present Oh it. man. Yeah. So just missed that. <laughs> um, and then I saw Once Upon a Time at Hollywood, at the Hollywood Theater as well. And nice. yeah, it's weird. Those are, I don't know why I haven't felt compelled to revisit them, but neither of those made my list. They're actually second to last with death proof being mm. my last. Okay. Well, yeah. So okay. I guess I've narrowed down, <laughs> narrowed down the guesses quite a bit by saying that. Yeah. So uh, my next guess for you <laughs> is going to be reservoir dogs. No. I oh, it's not on your list. Did not, did not make the top three. Uh... No. Okay, so then I'm done. You can guess mine. Reservoir Dogs. No. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> what if we have the um, same list? Don't you get it? Well, we definitely do. Um, let's just let's just talk about Pulp Fiction, I guess. Pulp Fiction isn't on mine. Oh shit! Well, Death Proof. No. Well, I guess I guess you said Kill Bill for me, so Kill Bill for you. Yeah, but I just said Kill Bill Volume One. I mean, well, I like do you to... have like a, a strong preference? I just like the first one better. So. Okay. And you wanted to get two other movies in? Mm-hmm. Well, I, are you sure you even picked Tarantino movies? Yes. Because <laughs> what's left? True Romance. Oh, my God. You cheated just like me. What? That's my favorite one. I <laughs> so mean, it right. doesn't really count. Um, oh, no. He didn't direct it. Well, it, it, it does count. I counted it. That he was wrote it. My, that was going to be my surprise choice. So, oh, so we job. both... Well, this Wait, is so do cool. we have the same? So you have true, or so you have true romance, Kill Bill, and Pulp, and Pulp Fiction? Fiction. Yeah, and I have Inglorious Bastards over. Pulp. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Oh. I mean, I did struggle. I feel like there's a couple tiers. The reason I went with Pulp Fiction is just because Reservoir Dogs, like I did see early on, but Pulp Fiction, I thought was the one that kind of really sold me on Tarantino, and and was just like a movie going experience like I had never had before at a mm-hmm. relatively young age and, and the performances Uma and Travolta are just incredible. Yeah. And, 
uh, I have like more visceral memories of Pulp Fiction than I do for Reservoir Dogs. I was mm-hmm. I was very pleasantly surprised how well Reservoir Dogs held up, but Pulp Fiction I watch uh, regularly and always am super entertained. Same for Kill Bill. Yeah, um, Kill and same for True Romance. So yeah. there we go. Uh, I think I've there... seen I've seen True Romance the most out of all of his movies. Well, it's interesting. The reason True Romance might work better or differently than the other ones with not with him having not directed it is that it's more traditional in the sense of the storytelling it doesn't it's it doesn't skip around Mm -hmm. it is like follows you know a more linear uh plot and then the filmmaking style is more um Tony Scott was a music video director before uh, before making films. And then he made things like Domino and Top Gun and like super stylized over the top, like 80s action. And it's just really pretty to look at. Yeah. Um, whereas Tarantino stuff is more it's it's quite it gets quite um, cinematically beautiful the longer he goes on. But it's not like over the top, beautiful neon lighting. Like the sex scene in True Romance is <laughs> yeah. like the sex scene in Top Gun. It's like <laughs> blue, <laughs> blue lights and silhouettes and mm-hmm. um, uh, parts of people's butts, you know, moving um, very yeah. like PG 13. Anyway, um, what made you pick? Uh, why, why do you like it more than the other stuff? Well, I've watched it the most. It's just the, and I really like Christian Slater a lot yeah. and Arquette, and Patricia Arquette. I just think they're incredible actors and I just, I don't know. I love their like love story while like all this crazy shit's happening at the same time. So. They mentioned Alabama, uh, Patricia Arquette's character in Reservoir Dogs. Oh, they did? At the diner when um, Mr. Orange, <laughs> the cop, is <laughs> yeah. talking to his supervisor or whatever. Uh, he's like, have you seen Alabama? He uh, was, there was supposed to be a connection there, and then because the Tarantino didn't have like full control over or very much control at all, I think once he sold the script, mm-hmm. uh, and they changed the ending to True Romance, um, she, I guess they basically like live on a tropical island, so they probably wouldn't be overlapping with yeah. <laughs> the characters well, they, in Reservoir Dogs. Well, did you also read that um, Vic Vega? was supposed to be like the brother of the guy from Pulp Fiction, Pulp Fiction, who's a Vince Vega. I think they mentioned that name too in the movie. Yeah. So I had it. I had my notes somewhere. Um, it's, I don't remember who it was. It was supposed to be, Oh, um, shoot, 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 shoot. Oh, Mr. Blonde's character was supposed to be. So Michael Madsen's character is supposed to be brothers with John Travolta's character in Pulp Fiction. It, I can see that. Because he had the plan to put them together in a movie, um, teaming up, but then they both got you know other things going on and didn't work out. But right, kind of cool. That'd yeah, awesome, they, actually, they they also um Drexel the <laughs> Gary Oldman's <laughs> pimp character in True Romance mm-hmm. says like Dan Fino and Diddley Io. They say the same they, the same line in True Romance. Also in the diner scene, the <laughs> the guy that he meets meets up with. 
so yeah, there's there's a lot of shared DNA between these movies. Cool. It sounds like we both have Kill Bill at yeah. the top, though. I have true. Well, I have True Romance is one. Oh wow! And then Kill Bill, and then Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. What do you? What else? Um, do you want to say about Inglorious Bastards? I love Brad Pitt, and so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the acting that's all... incredible. It I don't is, know. Yeah. It's just I watched it in theaters. I remember leaving and being like, "This movie is really fucking good." So it it starts with the um the scene where he's like uh the uh, what what's the guy's Christopher name? Waltz. Chris, Christopher Waltz is mm-hmm. going around looking for Jewish people, and yep. he goes to that cabin, and they're mm-hmm. hiding under the floorboards, and he's interrogating like the father or something. Yeah, and it's just like such dramatic tension, without really, you know, like they're just having milk or something. Yeah, and it's just like, and then there's a couple other scenes like that, uh, when they're in the in the pub, and someone's about to like kind of incriminate themselves. Just like the amount of tension he can build with mm-hmm. writing and uh, just really incredible performances. And Christopher Waltz won a bunch of awards from this. Yeah. Because he yeah, was so, so good. He had an Academy Award, a Golden Globe, Screen Actors Guild. Well, all of them did for performance of the whole cast. And uh, Cans, Canes, I don't know. Cans? Can. Yep. Has to be Cans. Um, Best Actor Award. So it's just an incredible movie. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like, so the only one we have to decide between is Bastards or Pulp Fiction for the top three. Yeah. I mean, I've seen Pulp Fiction a lot as well. I've seen Pulp Fiction probably more than Glorious Bastards. I just liked Glorious Bastards more. Yeah. But uh, Pulp Fiction's a classic. It's a classic Tarantino. Um, I'm okay with that being in the top three. Okay. Well, let's put, that, let's put that third. Okay. And then, I mean, you. so you counted Kill Bill as, you know, you, you split them into two just because mm-hmm. that's that's fair. You like one more, more than the other. Yeah. Um, it was originally, I, I guess, eventually he did release like kind of a uh, a cut where they were together, the whole bloody affair, I think it's called. Wow. Uh, but you can't stream that, or I, at one point it might have been on Netflix. But uh, anyway, anyway, I haven't seen it in that fashion. So if I had to pick, I would probably pick the second one, okay. which means True Romance is number one. We're probably gonna <laughs> we're probably gonna have to put that second, and True Romance. Wow. I thought I was going out on a limb and picking that. And uh, this is wild a fun, card, a fun wild surprise. card, lion family. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me find the true romance theme music real quick. Cause I feel like I've picked that before for um, like theme song or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of our previous rank the blanks, but. Oh, on yeah. Zimmer. Yeah. And I picked Reservoir Dogs uh, song for one of ours too. Oh, nice! Yeah, that's right. The titles, the title sequence. I think we did slow motion walks. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. Frank the Blank, of course. <laughs> yeah, I watched this movie uh, with Jamie probably in the last year or so, and it's uh, in the sense of um, I, I think I said the same thing to her that I said about uh, Firewalk with Me when uh, the Twin Peaks movie. Mm-hmm. And that, like, if you didn't have kind of the the very romantic, very hopeful music to uh, contrast what's happening mm-hmm. on screen, it would be a much different movie experience. I think yeah. that's also 
uh, one of the big critiques of Reservoir Dogs was that maybe it glorified the violence. It made the characters mm-hmm. too cool. Uh, I think that could be said more about like <laughs> true romance, perhaps yeah. than than any of them, because of Tony Scott putting this like music video um, romantic lens on everything. The thing is, they're actually way more sympathetic characters, though. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, she's just like uh, in a in a bad circumstance. He, uh, they're actually not um, horrible villains. I mean, even yeah. even Uma Thurman in Kill Bill is sympathetic because she gets uh, assassinated, uh, attempted assassination at her wedding while pregnant. That's yep. pretty fucked up. <laughs> yeah. um, but she was an assassin before that. So mm-hmm. not exactly right. a good so... person. Um, <laughs> and all the, the people in Reservoir Dogs are are horrible people, mm-hmm. except for maybe the cop. But he's he seems a little broken. Yeah. And uh, anyway, in true romance, they're actually lo- lovable characters. Mm-hmm. And the music just makes it the horrible circumstances that they're going through much more palatable. Yep. So it's true romance. True romance is number one. I guess so. Wow. Did and not see that be- coming. And then to be Kill Bill. Yeah. And Take then it's going to be Pulp Fiction. Yeah. I mean, cool. I think that's good. I wanted the yeah. list to be idiosyncratic in the sense that um, I wasn't trying to be like, these are the movies that Tarantino is most known mm. for, most important. Um, that's why I thought True Romance would be an oddball, but apparently not. <laughs> um, and I think Kill Bill, the reason that's one uh, sticks with me so much is just the timing I was like fully um, an adult at that point, uh, early 20s, I guess, and Mm -hmm. like getting more into movies and was just like so excited to see something like that. I'm pretty sure I went to a midnight screening for uh, the second one because, you know, the first one snuck up on me a little bit. And then the second one, I was like, I'm going to see it the second I can. Back when they weren't doing 7 p.m. screenings. They were only, you had to <laughs> oh, see yeah. it at midnight the day before it came mm-hmm. out. Anyway, that's uh, that's it for Rank the Blank this week. Thank you to Coolio for <laughs> Thanks, Coolio. great Rock the Vote commercial. And happy election day to everyone. Let's get back to our feature presentation. All right. How is this movie being received by critics in the present day of 1992, Ashley? Um, well, the audience likes it. The critics, depending on the critic, some PG ones might not like it as much. Mm. Are you teeing me up for Will Siskel yes, and production? Yes, I am. Just a, just a guess. Just a guess. Yeah. Michael Madsen is dancing around and torturing that poor cop who's tied to the chair. And it's a very, very violent scene. In fact, this whole movie is very violent. Yes. But I felt that a scene like that was using action instead of just all of this dialogue. The rest of the movie is, is empty. <laughs> it is empty, and, and that's like the problem. The it isn't about anything. And I know empty. that style is very important, and I know that other uh, crime films can be stodgy, and this can seem fresh by itself. But basically, you get the point real quickly, and there's nothing more to say. Okay, our video pick wow. of the week is next. This is- Damn. What's their video pick of the week? I'm just kidding. The film that dramatizes one of the frightening episodes in the world of the Playboy Empire. 
Oh, no idea. Okay, <laughs> whatever. Um, well, no surprise there. They didn't like too it. much. Too much talk. <laughs> not, too not much enough. talk and gruesome action. <laughs> so were they saying they? Yeah, they liked the torture scene. No, they didn't like any of it. I think that was too gory for them. Right. It was a but good. They break. liked that it wasn't as talky. Yeah, they liked the action. They didn't actually like the actual action. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, damn. Uh, um, does well, and Ebert surprise us yet again? How did um how did it do in the box office? It's so we're we're like a week or two behind uh because of our Halloween schedule. So this came out. Let's see, has been in theaters for three weeks. It's only in sixty theaters compared to Passenger Fifty Seven, which is in seventeen hundred. So Wesley Snipes number one at ten million. Uh, Candyman still in the top ten at number seven. Doctor Giggles. Oh no! <laughs> at eleven. Ugh. and Reservoir Dogs at lucky number 13 uh, average wise it's ahead of a lot of those movies just because it's all like I said it's only in a very small number of theaters I don't I didn't do a ton of research on like at what point this became the clearly became a hit because yeah. the budget was uh, one and a half million it made three million in theaters overall but I think it was like on video where it was like a cult became a pretty quick cult sensation. Mm, gotcha. so, and maybe not that quick. I, I that's, that's what I don't know. It, it might've, it might've taken some time hmm, to catch interesting. on. Well, maybe next yeah. week we'll know if it gets a little more traction. Yeah, um, we'll see. So would you consider this movie a new release or old news? Drew? Easy, easy call. Uh, the only complicating factor i guess would be like if you maybe are younger and you grew up on new tarantino i wonder if anyone would like be less impressed right would appreciate it yeah i mean we're kind of right in the middle like i i had seen early tarantino but i more grew up on or more like came of age as a a, a movie watcher with kill bill um Mm -hmm. and then everything after that so I I mean it's definitely a new release. I'm not trying to belabor yeah. the point. It's just I wonder if there is any type of like moviegoer that likes stylized action and 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 interesting like writing and directing that wouldn't be impressed by this as much today. Yeah, if they still like Inglorious Bastards or like Hateful Eight first. Yeah, um, this would be this would probably appear pretty slow. So, um, but I'm also gonna say it's a new release because it's really good. All right. Yay. Tar- the the reason I thought you had seen all of Tarantino is because he is one of the, you know, well, he's probably the most famous popular director that we've been alive for his entire career, not just alive, but like starting in 92 when, you know, you were still pretty young, obviously. You didn't yeah. see this at age five, but, <laughs> nope. you, but by the time you were like seeking out movies, you were going back to watch like Tarantino stuff. So there's just not that many like super famous directors that have made this many movies that everyone has basically seen their entire mm-hmm. filmography. So Tarantino is basically a, the, one of the most famous living directors of our age range, I would say. Yeah, I agree. I was trying to think of like Guy Ritchie or someone that's like... Yeah, Christopher Nolan. I mean, but yeah. he's older. Mm-hmm. Uh, Link Lighter, and he's less famous. Wes Anderson might be the closest. Oh yeah, analog that uh, I thought of when I was when I was like just trying to think mm-hmm. of people that broke out 
during That'd be a fun our... rank the blank if we're ever watching any of those. Yeah, we'll have to get to one of those eventually. We're probably mm-hmm. dancing all around it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, what's next? All right. So how early 90s is Reservoir Dogs based on fashion, the music, the actors, all that good stuff? <laughs> this is a tough one. I mean, yeah. it's a 90s cult sensation and Tarantino feels... I mean, I don't even know if he feels 90s. He's inspired by uh, 70s and 80s stuff or even for like this movie is meant to be like an homage to 70s heist movies. I feel like the music, Mm -hmm. of course, Um, it's more meant to be nostalgic for what he grew up on. So, so not really 90s. No, no. I mean, if you're, if you're like comparing this to Mighty Ducks, which is Mm -hmm. our, um, (laughs) yeah, high watermark at this point, 92, Mm -hmm. there's, we haven't, it's been such an interesting season of, uh, time period for new release because we haven't had that many like definitive 90s feeling movies, singles in its own indie way, um, and Mighty Ducks. And that's pretty much it as far as like mm-hmm. very 90s feels yeah i would almost say it's like in the 60s okay. probably um candy man got 66 blair witch got 65 so somewhere around there 67 sure okay all right so each week when you watch a movie we take something from the movie and we try and sell it for a little bit of profit in our new release gift shop right now we have um the Last Camping Chronicles, inspired by Blair Witch, some <laughs> some blood bees um, from Candyman, <laughs> and a puzzle box with a mystery inside, and mm. uh, some other things. What do we want to include from this movie? Good question. So there's some diamonds. There's an ear. Um, Ooh. Also, you know, my maybe my favorite movie. Period. Blue Velvet. Mm-hmm. famously has a, a severed ear at the start of it. I don't know if Reservoir Dogs is in any way kind of nodding to the ear mm-hmm. in Blue Velvet, but... You could sell a blue ear. <laughs> yeah. A candy I mean... ear. Or how about this? Oh. Mr. Potato Head, but there it's only ears. <laughs> what do you mean? Like instead of like putting a nose where the nose goes, it's uh, they're all ears for all the different spots. So it's like a Miss Potato Head with seven ears. I, I thought you meant like it's a big ear with ears that you stick into it. Yeah, well, actually, that's fine too. <laughs> okay, so Mr. Potato Ear. Mr. Potato Ear. Oh, all would ear. it be a potato still? It'd just be Mr. Ear. I. <laughs> <laughs> um, like I'm... Mr. White could be Mr. Ear. Perfect. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Mr. Potato. Mr. Potato. <laughs> All right. So are we going to watch another rated R hard R movie next week? We are not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to watch a movie that I've, I've obviously seen. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I yep. mean, I think so. I there, I, I just don't know. This is going to be a fun trip down memory lane because, and we're going to talk about other movies that are in this, um, genre next week but i don't know how many memories i have of this so let's see if this Hmm. jogs any from walt disney pictures don't miss the best reviewed movie of the year aladdin it's magnificent an absolute knockout and magazine says you have to see it twice yes aladdin rated g now playing at a theater near you best remove 
reviewed best removed movie best removed film. <laughs> um yeah we're watching aladdin and Ooh. i'll go ahead and reveal the rank the blank i think we're gonna do 90s disney oh movie. yeah as we should yep yeah perfect so that'll be that'll be fun and i will either have jamie call in or be on the episode we'll see if cool. derek is back from his magic carpet ride yet or not <laughs> um or if he's you know locked up but <laughs> that was fun uh, Thank you, Ashley. Thank you, everyone out there listening. If you want to join along for our magical Disney adventures and more, then you can subscribe by searching New Release on Spotify or Apple or follow us on Instagram at New Release Podcast. Ashley? That's a lot of blood. (laughs) (laughs) That's a dog. another song he was going to use instead I read about I forgot what it, forgot what it was was it like Meet Me in the Middle or something or was that something else there was well maybe I'm also thinking of the torture scene oh uh, I like the you put the lime in the coconut yeah <laughs> yeah that's Harry Nielsen <laughs>